Praise the Lord. Should pray with me briefly. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Uh, Father, we thank you for the the beautiful opportunity to see our children. Father God, uh, uh, share in the ministry to our hearts this morning, Father God. Share in the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to be used as vessels of honor, Father God, to, to preach the good news. And Father God, we just, we just avail our hearts to you and continue to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's been, it's been pretty good so far, hasn't it? Amen. I am going to give a slightly condensed version of what I was going to share. And I will start with a verse, Isaiah 7, verse 14, that reads, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now we've heard through many of the songs this morning and and the uh, presentation from our from our children. We know about the story of our Lord and Savior Jesus being born to a virgin named Mary and her betrothed Joseph in a stable. wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We know about the angel approaching her, this girl. And he, he must have had some kind of human form because usually when an angel approaches somebody, you know, the person freaks out and he has to say, don't be afraid. But he didn't have to say that to her. You know, I don't know about you, you look in the Bible and you see seraphim and cherubim and you, you hear them described and everything, and you're like, I don't want to see that. But this, an angel approaches her and gives her these good tidings. You're blessed. You're a highly favored one. And the only thing that troubles her is she doesn't know exactly what kind of greeting this is, right? But she's open. She receives the announcement that she's going to give birth to our Redeemer, our Savior and Lord. And her only question is a practical one. I'm a virgin. How can this be? And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to come over. It's going to be, it's going to be a miraculous, a divine encounter. And he says something to her that I believe was meant to encourage her faith. She had a relative named Elizabeth. Well, let's go to Luke chapter 1. 
And I, instead of me just recounting all of it, I will, let's go to Luke chapter 1. And let's just read verse 36 to 38. After he tells her she's going to give birth to a son, the Holy One of God, he says this to her. He says, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. He just gave her an impossible, a seemingly impossible declaration. You're going to be impregnated with the Son of God. And it's going to be a miraculous occurrence. Even though you've never been with the man, this is going to happen. And just as a sign to encourage your faith, you have a relative who once was called barren. In her old age, something impossible has happened with her. She's six months pregnant. Because nothing is impossible with God. And after he said that to her, then she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Then Mary arose and quickly went into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. She went there immediately. And I want to pick up in verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Hallelujah. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, Mary didn't even have time to tell her what the angel told her. She came into the household and greeted her. And at the voice of Mary greeting her, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. And Elizabeth knew who she was and, 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 who, and, what she was, uh, and who she was going to give birth to. I believe the Lord must have already told Elizabeth. I, I, he didn't tell her the name, who it was, but he says, hey, you're going to meet the mother of the Lord, and, and when she greets you, when she comes into your presence, the baby in your womb is going to leap for joy. Because that revelation isn't her own revelation. That revelation came from the Lord. Amen? But, here we have, after this proclamation, and, and I, chose for, I chose for a title this morning, Symphony of Rejoicing. Because we're going to look at example after example after example of rejoicing the presence of the Lord. Amen? So a baby, six months in his mother's womb, hears the voice of the mother of our Lord and leaps in his mother's womb. And we know that baby to be 
John. John the Baptist. And she in the spirit says, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Rejoice. And then she finished with this. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I want that to be an encouragement to you this morning. Okay? To believe that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to you from the Lord. Amen? She's blessed because she believed. Zechariah, the man whose house she had to come into to see, uh, 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 to greet Elizabeth, God had to shut his mouth so that he wouldn't spoil the blessing. Amen? But Mary believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her, and, and she was blessed as a result. The devil will try and steal your testimony. The devil will try and steal the truth of God from you and get you to believe and partner with the lie. Lies that will lead you to destruction and failure. Lies that will lead you away from fulfilling the plan of God for your life. Amen? But we've got to hold firmly to the truth and believe that there will be a fulfillment of those things that has been told of us from the Lord. If we hold on, God's blessing is assured. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, go on to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord is born. So, 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 so here we have. An angel giving Mary the good news. Giving Mary testimony of what's happened with her relative Elizabeth. The baby in her womb rejoicing, which leads to Elizabeth rejoicing, which leads to Mary rejoicing in her song of praise. And then in chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, we see Jesus is born in the manger. And starting in verse 8, technology can be a challenge sometimes. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. In verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So in this story, the baby starts off the symphony of rejoicing. The baby in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth joins the symphony. Mary joins the symphony. Then the angels announce the birth of baby Jesus to shepherds tending their flock. The angelic hosts join in the symphony. Amen? And the shepherds go and see that things are exactly the way the angel told them, and then they join in the symphony of rejoicing. As they see the Lord lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, exactly as the angel had said. The symphony of rejoicing. Are you hearing me? Go to Matthew chapter 2. Starting at the first verse. It reads, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I'm going to skip past our conversation with Herod. We all know that uh, he tried to deceive them into telling him, reporting back to him when they found him because under the guise that he wanted to worship him too when he really wanted to kill him. Skip on down to verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They joined the symphony. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So why am I talking about this symphony? Why, why would I be emphasizing this? Let me talk a little bit about the backdrop that all this rejoicing was occurring in. Do you know before the birth of Jesus, there hadn't been, God had been silent. There hadn't been a prophetic word from God in centuries. 
in over 400 years. God had not spoken. The people of God had been invaded. They had, they had been ruled by different empires. A new empire would rise and take possession of them and rule them. Over and over and over again, the one who would normally redeem them, the one who, the one who took them out of Egypt by his strong hand and delivered them, the one who gave them Canaan, the promised land, had not spoken to them in hundreds of years, had not saved them from captivity, from harsh rule of ungodly nations. At this time that Jesus was born, they were under Roman rule. And the Romans didn't know, love, or care about God. <laughs> they're under, so they're under pagan rule. The awesome exploits of God on their behalf are, are generations old. Think about that. They'd heard one, you know, they'd heard long ago that, that a Messiah was coming. Could you imagine, though, how much their hope at that time had waned? How weak their faith may have been concerning a Messiah. That's a large backdrop right there. You, there's a perversion of the religious order and system. Those who represent God aren't really representing him at this point. Maybe God would have spoken if there were those inclining their ear to him, but there weren't. I'm just painting a picture. Things were not rosy. Things were not well. Things were not good. And in the midst of all this, when the time comes, God begins to speak. He begins to, not, not to the religious order, not to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, not to royalty. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't announce it to a king. He announces it to this little girl. That not only the Messiah is coming, but that the Messiah is going to be birthed into this world by you. Amen? You know, and before he speaks to her, God visits Elizabeth and, and causes her barren womb to be fertile to where she gets impregnated with John the Baptist, the one who would prepare the way. For the Savior 
that Mary would give birth to. All that ugliness is still going on in the background. Amen? All those reasons to not rejoice. All right? All those reasons to, to despair. All those reasons to not have hope. All those reasons to, to, to walk in doubt, fear, and unbelief still exist. But there is a superseding truth at work here. The promise is being fulfilled. The baby is being born. Amen? Our hope has arrived. Amen? The hope of Israel has arrived. And, and, and I say that because I want you to reflect. There's a lot going on today, isn't there? <laughs> There's a lot that, that goes on that can, that, that can weaken our faith, that, 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 that could weaken our resolve, that, that, that could cause us to lose hope to cause our hearts to harden, to cause us to doubt, cause us to fear. If we allow it, amen? But that's why we call ourselves into remembrance that we're not just celebrating today something that happened thousands of years ago. We're putting ourselves in remembrance of where our hope lies, amen? We're putting ourselves in remembrance of God's faithfulness. We're putting ourselves in remembrance of God's power and ability to bring life, to bring salvation, even in the midst of the ugliness. Amen? Shepherds out in the field just doing their thing, being faithful. The kings don't get it. The religious leaders don't get it. But some shepherds out there tending some smelly sheep get an announcement from heaven. That he who was prophesied, the Messiah, is born this day, not in a palace, but in a manger. Amen? The Lamb of God was born this day in a manger. Let's think about that backdrop, man. When Mary said, be it unto me according to your will, she wasn't just agreeing to have the Son of God. You know, people, what people were going to think, what people were going to say, what people were going to believe. Yeah, right, son of God, I bet. Either you and Joseph got an early start on things. Or you were creeping 
with someone else. You can try and put lipstick on that pig all you want to, but I know. And that's, I, 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 I'm saying it in jest, but, but, but I'm, I'm being real here. <laughs> you know, there would be rumors. And she was willing to subject herself to that. Because Jesus was worth it. Amen? God honored her. You are going to be the mother of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she didn't care about any of that other mess. She was willing to put up with it because she knew the truth. And she was willing to be used of God in that way. Amen? And so we don't always, my mind works that way, you know, but we don't always think about, man, what's the aftermath of this? What is the practical issues that she's going to have to deal with as a result of this? This is not natural. This is impossible. Amen? And so when we're thinking, when we're considering something impossible, what do we do? We try to break it down to what's possible. You know, and, and so it's so far beyond our ability to think that, that a, a virgin could be made pregnant miraculously that we'll turn it into something that it's not. We don't care about her reputation. As far as we're concerned, she did that to her reputation. We're just, we're, we're just not going to be party to this lie that's being perpetrated out there. That ain't the son of God. That's part of her backdrop. Are you hearing me? And you know, if they think that Mary cheated on Joseph, then they think Joseph is a fool, a sap. <laughs> you know, for staying with her, for marrying her anyway, <laughs> you know? I mean, think about this. This is all going on. And despite all of that, they still join the symphony of rejoicing. Amen? We got wise men coming from the far east. They saw a star. They come asking, hey, we saw a star. Where is the king of the Jews? We saw him. Where is he? It's sad that apart from Mary, Elizabeth, and the baby in her womb, <laughs> Zechariah, nobody knows. <laughs> Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, Zechariah, the baby, nobody in the place of God, nobody in Israel knows what has taken place. That's, that's, a, that's, just, that's symbolic of the state of, the spiritual state of Israel at this point. But they come, And they rejoice. So let's consider this for a moment. All that's represented at this symphony of rejoicing and at our Savior, at the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have the children of God represented. And we have 
the uh, wise men came from the Far East. So we, so we have the children of God and we have pagans represented. So we have believers and non-believers represented at this event, right? They came from the Far East. They were not among the children of God. But they were present to worship him and to praise. We have shepherds. We have a baby. We have the angelic host and mankind. God's, those among God's people and those not among God's people. And I guess my point would be that no matter, no matter what group you belong to, you're represented in that moment. We're all represented in that moment. We, we, we have Mary and Joseph who have a, a strong and, and significant lineage. They both come from King David lineage. You have shepherds who are of low estate. They don't have any high station. So, so, so you have people with significance. You have people who seemingly are insignificant. You have some people with wealth and means. You have some people of poverty. You have some people of Israel. You have some people from Far East. You have those who are born and walking this earth, and you have those still in the womb. All rejoicing at the birth of this child. Amen? And so I want to encourage us this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand. There's a symphony of rejoicing that has gone on. Since the time of the proclamation of the angel to Mary. From that moment on, that symphony has been going on. There was a backdrop of ugliness in that moment. And that symphony still goes on, has still gone on year after year after year, decade after decade, century after century, despite the ugliness of the day. So I want us to join that symphony, despite the ugliness of our day. Are you hearing me? Let us join in that symphony of rejoicing and remembering our Lord and rejoicing in his birth, even though he was born to die, but he was born the Redeemer, the, the Redeemer and Savior of us all. Hallelujah. There is a reason they were rejoicing, and that reason is still alive today. So I choose to rejoice. I've got problems. I've got issues. I've got things I got to deal with. I've got things that concern me that are personal to my family, that, are, that involve this community, that involve this state, that involve this country. 
and beyond, and yet I choose to rejoice. Because my hope is not in how those things work out. My hope is in the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. So I just want you to take a minute. I just want you to reflect. And again, this is just between you and Jesus. All right? I'm not in your business. This is just between you and the Lord. Because if you, I, I know how things get. I know life hits you. <laughs> I know how life hits you. I know some of you probably were, were, were having a verbal spat, was fighting in the car en route to church this morning. And some of you probably threatened to put your kids out of the car. I should say some of us, huh? But that but that's just that's just life. Life will hit you like that sometimes. But but I but but in this moment I just want you to take whatever it is that that has caused that may have caused you not to join in the symphony. <laughs> whatever it is that's a weight, uh that, that's a weight or sin that's been holding you down, that's been hindering you from from from, from giving God all the praises. I just want you to just cast it, cast it aside, cast it at his feet, for he cares for you. Just give it up. Just give it to him. Amen? Just give it, and, and just declare to him that it will not hinder you any longer from joining in the symphony of rejoicing, that you shall rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. I'm going to ask the worship team to uh, to come up. I want you to just continue to to just begin to just 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 share your heart to God. Just unburden yourself to Him. I know that there are things that are hard to overcome, hard to bear. God understands. But I but I, I want to I want to encourage you not to allow those things to steal your joy. Do not to allow those things to hinder the joy of the Lord from being the strength to you that it can be. And Father God, I just lift up everyone here this morning, Lord. Everybody's got their own struggles. Everybody's got their own trials. 
And there may be those who came here this morning who was, whose hope had waned, whose struggle is real. who lacked joy, didn't see much reason to be rejoicing. Because the circumstances of life have bombarded their hearts. It's so battered their hearts, Father God, that they're weak in the knees. Their, their knees are feeble. And Father God, I just pray that you would strengthen them right now. That you would lift them up. And give them a new song. A song of rejoicing. A song of praise. One that will quiet the storm in their hearts and in their soul. One that will bring peace. The joy and strength. And Father God, I just thank you for it as you're being faithful right now and doing that and performing that work. We celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior today. And in him we have hope. In him we have joy. In him we have life. In him we have peace with God. In him all things are possible. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we give you praise and glory. Amen. You know, um, just indulge me. I, I feel like we, it was one of those carols I want us to sing again. And, uh, you know, I kind of hit the worship team uh, last minute. <laughs> but uh, I want us to sing a, a song that has that deals with joy or rejoicing because I want us corporately